Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. The book of Revelation has mystified readers for centuries. So how do I expect to give helpful guidance to you on how to read Revelation over the next eight minutes? I have really no idea how this is going to go, but you know what? Let's give it a try. Revelation is almost certainly the most misunderstood and misinterpreted book in our Bible. It's confusing, in part because it's a form of literature that we're just not familiar with. Admittedly, most of us don't really know what to do with it. What are we to make of a woman clothed with the sun who gives birth to a son who is then nearly devoured by a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns? Revelation 12. What does all this mean? Well, knowing a little bit about an author always helps us understand his or her writing. So, let's consider who the author of Revelation is, the Apostle John. It's helpful to consider that John the Apostle is a theologian, a poet, and a pastor. John the theologian, he writes of God in a way that helps us know God and to know that God is knowable. He writes in a way that helps us see God is worthy of our adoration and then invites us to adore him. He writes in a way that invites us to contemplate the God we can fathom, as well as the unfathomable mysteries of this almighty God. John the poet writes of God not to explain God to us, but that we might experience God more deeply and more personally. As Eugene Peterson has written, he is not trying to get us to think more accurately or to train us into better behavior, but the Apostle John is trying to get us to believe more recklessly, to behave more playfully. The faith recklessness and the hope playfulness of children entering into the kingdom of God. John wakes up our minds, rouses our feelings, and involves our senses. John the poet, he's not giving us more information about God or information about the gospel. He's presenting the gospel to us afresh in such a way that awakens us to its startling claims. And this is how poetry operates. It doesn't necessarily teach us anything new. It helps us see what we once saw but now have become dull to. Poetry awakens the latency. John the pastor, he writes of God to a particular community at a particular time in a particular context. John is their pastor. And all of his theology and all of his poetry is aimed at shepherding the community of faith in the midst of life's quandaries, inconsistencies, grievances, and monotonies. Most importantly, Pastor John invites the faithful to live now in light of the certainties of the future. 
I love what Dr. Earl Palmer, one of the late 20th century's finest Presbyterian preachers, invites you and me to do. He invites you and me to live now in light of the one simple and significant future reality that the book of Revelation speaks of. And this is it. Two words. Jesus wins. How does Jesus' victory inform your living? So John the theologian invites us to fathom the unfathomable mysteries of God that we might adore him. And John the poet, he arouses our imaginations that we might become like children and enter into the kingdom of heaven. And John the pastor guides us into faithful living now in light of Jesus' future and final victory. The Apostle John, he's he's not a tarot card reader. He's not a magician or an astrologer or a fanatical alarmist. When you read Revelation, you're reading the work of a poet who wants to awaken your senses to the reality of the living God. You're reading the work of a theologian who wants to see you worship this one living God. You're reading the work of a pastor who wants to guide you into the presence of the living God. And knowing that John writes as a pastor and a theologian and a poet will help you read Revelation well. So that's a bit about who John is and what he's up to. But what about the Revelation itself? What is the Revelation? Well, Revelation is three things. It's a letter, it's a prophecy, and it's an apocalypse. So first of all, Revelation is a letter. The Apostle John is writing to the seven churches in modern-day Turkey, what he calls Asia, in the late first century. That's verse 4 in chapter 1. John wrote this letter around the year 96 AD, during the Roman Emperor Domitian's reign of terror. In Domitian's reign of terror, he required all citizens of Rome to declare that he was Lord and God, and he required them to affirm the declaration that, in fact, Caesar is Lord, the emperor is Lord. And the apostle John gently refused. Respect Caesar? Yes. Honor Caesar? Yes. Pay taxes to Caesar? Yes. Worship Caesar as Lord and God? No. Jesus Christ alone is Lord and God. And for this refusal to worship Caesar, John was exiled to the island of Patmos, which is this 60-square-mile volcanic rock wasteland in the Mediterranean Sea. It's on this rock that Jesus, uh, that John rather, writes his revelation of Jesus. As John considered his exile for his refusal to worship Caesar, the primary question put to the seven churches in Revelation is this, who is worthy of your worship? So first of all, Revelation is a letter. Secondly, Revelation is a prophecy. Prophecy, more often than not, is a declaration of the truth rather than a prediction of the future. 
a declaration of the truth more than a prediction of the future. When we think of prophecy, we're tempted to think of end times prophecies that time and time again are proven to be garbage when predicted dates for the end come and go without event. Biblical prophecy It declares that Jesus Christ will return, but it refuses to predict precisely when or how that return will take place. Matthew 25, verse 13, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Revelation declares the truth to us. It declares to us Jesus wins, but it doesn't outline for us how or when that will take place declaration of the truth, not prediction of the future. This is what Revelation does for us. Third, Revelation is an apocalypse. Now, I know that probably doesn't help you very much, but let me explain. The book of Revelation begins with these words, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Revelation. First of all, note this, revelation, not revelations. There's only one revelation, and it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's a revelation from Jesus, about Jesus, and for the glory of Jesus Christ. And that word revelation is the Greek word apocalypsis, from which we also get that word apocalypse. Now, here's the challenge. In modern parlance, that word apocalypse or apocalyptic, it has been morphed to become a kind of synonym with Armageddon. In other words, when something is apocalyptic, it is epically disastrous. But the Greek word apocalypsis means to reveal or uncover or disclose. That's why it's translated as revelation in the book's first verse. Apocalypsis is to reveal. It's a revelation. So the book of Revelation is an apocalypse in that it uncovers or discloses or reveals to us the realities of heaven in order to equip us to live in the realities of earth. It is an apocalypse. Finally, consider this, that revelation is a picture to be seen. It's not a puzzle to be solved. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. To show his servants. Just as John saw this revelation, so you and I are invited to see this picture. Revelation is a picture to be seen. It's not a puzzle to be solved. It is a poem to be entered into, not a cryptic dissertation to be deciphered. So the invitation of the Apostle John, the invitation of Jesus Christ is to enter in. Come and see. See the beauty of this picture. Have your imagination awakened to the living Lord Jesus. And having been awakened to him, May you worship him. As we approach Christmas, the invitation of revelation is appropriate. O come, all ye faithful, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord.
That is the message of Revelation. Friends, happy reading. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.